Heavenly Father. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this time, Lord. We ask you to bless it, Lord. We ask you to uh, speak to us directly through your word, Lord. And, and Father, thank you for um, opening up our eyes to see Jesus in the scriptures, Father, and open up the wonders and the mysteries that you want us to know about, Lord. And we praise you. We thank you. In, in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Today is May 27th. We're looking at 2 Samuel 12, 1 through 31. Back with King David. So, so the Lord sent Nathan, the prophet, to tell David this story. There were two men in a certain town. One was rich and one was poor. The rich man owned a great many sheep and cattle. The poor man owned nothing but one little lamb he had bought. He raised that little lamb, and it grew up with his children. It ate from the man's own table and drank from his cup. He cuddled it in his arms like a baby daughter. One day a guest arrived at the home of the rich man, but instead of killing an animal from his own flock or herd, he took the poor man's lamb and killed it and prepared it for his guest. David was furious. As surely as the Lord lives, he vowed, any man who would do such a thing deserves to die. He must repay four lands to the poor man for the one he stole and for having no pity. Then Nathan said to David, You are that man. The Lord, the God of Israel, says, I anointed you king of Israel and saved you from the power of Saul. I gave you your master's house and his wives and the kingdoms of Israel and Judah. And if that had not been enough, I would have given you much, much more. Why then have you despised the word of the Lord and done this horrible deed? For you have murdered Uriah the Hittite with the sword of the Ammonites and stolen his wife. From this time on, your family will live by the sword because you have despised me by taking Uriah's wife to be your own. This is what the Lord says, Because of what you have done, I will cause your own household to rebel against you. I will give your wife to another man before your very eyes, and he will go to bed with them in public view. You did it secretly, but I will make this happen to you openly in the sight of all Israel. Then David confessed to Nathan, I have sinned against the Lord. Nathan replied, Yes, but the Lord has forgiven you, and you will die for this sin. Nevertheless, because you have shown utter contempt for the Lord by doing this, your child will die. After Nathan returned to his home, the Lord sent a deadly illness to the child of David and Uriah's wife. David begged God to spare the child. He went without food and lay all night on the bare ground. The elders of his household pleaded with him to get up and eat with them, but he refused. Then on the seventh day, the child died. David's advisors were afraid to tell him. He wouldn't listen to reason. While the child was ill, they said, What drastic things will he do when he, we tell him the child is dead? When David saw them whispering, he realized what had happened. Is the child dead? he asked. <gasps> Yes, they replied, he is dead. Then David got up from the ground, washed himself, put on lotion, and changed his clothes. He went to the tabernacle and worshipped the Lord. After that, he returned to the palace and was served food and ate. 
His advisors were amazed. We don't understand you, they told him. While the child was living, you wept and refused to eat. But now the child is dead. You have stopped your mourning and are eating again. David replied, I fasted and wept while the child was alive, for I said, Perhaps the Lord will be gracious to me and let the child live. But why should I fast when he is dead? Can I bring him back again? I will go to him one day, but he cannot return to me. Then David comforted Bathsheba his wife and slept with her. She became pregnant and gave birth to a son, and David named him Solomon. The Lord loved the child and sent word through Nathan the prophet that they should name him Jedediah, Jedediah, which means beloved of the Lord, as the Lord had commanded. Meanwhile, Job was fighting against Rabbah, the capital of Ammon, and he captured the royal fortifications. Joab sent messengers to tell David, I have fought against Rabbah and captured his water supply. Now bring the rest of the army and capture the city. Otherwise, I will capture it and get credit for the victory. So David gathered the rest of the army and went to Rabbah, and he fought against it and captured it. David removed the crown from the king's head, and it was placed on his own head. The crown was made of gold and set with gems and weighed 75 pounds. David took a vast amount of plunder from the city. He also made slaves of the people of Rabbah and forced them to labor with saws and iron and picks and iron axes and to work in the brink kilns, brick kilns, that is how to deal with the... That is how he dealt with the people of all the Ammonite towns. Then David and all the army returned to Jerusalem. Okay, uh, very quick like... The thing that was interesting is this passage that I see right here in uh, I gave you your master's house and his wives and the kingdoms of Israel and Judah and if that had not been enough I would have given you much much, much more. more yeah but he said he, you know he, but when you have despised the word of the Lord horrible horrible deed and then down on verse 10, because you have despised me, despising the Lord, by taking your Iowa. So when we sin, we're actually dis not just sinning, we're despising the Lord who put this, the law down. You know, he's taking it personally. <laughs> That's yeah. why people say that all sin is against God, it's not about against each other. Mm. Yeah, good point. Um, mm -hmm. But I really like the much, much more. It's like when you have a problem, you know, the Lord, you know, if you don't have what you need, He desires to give you much, much more for your situation. You know, before you react to something, you know, um, in whatever your situation is, He's ready. You just have to petition Him and work. You know, be get get in the presence of him so he can help you. You know, so much more. So much more. Amen. David begged God to spare the child. He went without food and lay all night on the bare ground. Okay. Then when the, after the child is, it's interesting that David he he said. You know, it's really interesting when we have relatives that are sick. That's the time that we should fast and pray and, and, and seek the Lord 
And then when they're gone, <clears throat> we should eat and get uh -huh. together with the family Amen. members. And, you know, if he's born again, we have Amen. a celebration. Amen. You know, we That's don't a good go point. Yeah. in the morning like some of the Catholics do. Mm -hmm. They get on their knees and mm -hmm. they start praying for their soul for days and weeks. Mm -hmm. um, and the other thing that's really it's interesting. A bit, it's a good point. Can I bring him back again? You know, it's like, why should I fast when he's dead? Can I bring him back again? Nothing yeah. that you can do is going to bring that, that person back again. Um, and I will go to him one day, but he cannot return to me. So it was real like, maybe the fasting strengthened them. Strengthened Amen. him. Amen. That's interesting. I didn't see that too. I'm yeah. going to go to him. Where's that at? Um, it's in number 23. But why should I fast when he's dead? Can I, I bring I will go to him one day, but he cannot return to right. me. Beautiful. That's good. But the other thing that is really neat, it says right here that uh, well, then David got up from the ground, washed himself, put on lotions, and changed his clothes. See, that's me at 5 in the morning. And mm -hmm. he went to the tabernacle and worshipped the Lord. See, he had to get out of his house, go down to church with the tabernacle. And he says he didn't pray. He says he worshipped God. He sang songs to him. He worshipped him. Mm. And then he returned. See, because he was already in the mood by fasting. He, and then he came back to his house and he served and he ate his food. Mm. So that's, you know... We should do a little worshiping when the, right before we drink our coffee and so forth because mm -hmm. we've been fasting for more than half mm -hmm. a day. Mm -hmm. We should worship the Lord and give Him praise and thanksgiving. The other interesting thing is that the Lord loved the second child because He had forgiven David. The Lord had forgiven you. And sent word through Nathan the prophet that they should name him Jedediah, verse 25. Which means beloved of the Lord at the Lord's command. Again, they had contempt for the Lord because I don't see them naming the boy Jedediah. Right. Yeah. You know, you uh -huh. don't see his name. Maybe they did give him a second name, mm -hmm. but they, uh, which means beloved of the Lord. What a beautiful mm -hmm. name, huh? Jedediah, beloved of the Lord. Amen. So when we talk to each other, we should say, I should say, Anna, mm -hmm. beloved of the Lord. Yes, If you Fernando. don't cook, cook me a steak this morning, I'm going to go to Danny's and use the credit card. Beloved of the Lord. Okay. Okay. Go ahead. And uh, it's interesting how his commander uh, said, come on, let's go capture the royal fictions. And he, he said, well, he goes, bring your army and capture the rest of the thing. And you can get credit for the victory. And an incredible amount of plunder he took from the people. Uh-huh. Gold gems weighing seven. I can't even phantom that seventy-five pounds. David must have been extremely shaped to hold seventy-five pounds on his head. But I mean, yeah, seventy-five pounds. Mm. That's a lot of weight. Okay, would you please read John sixteen one to thirty-three? Okay, let me go there. John sixteen one to thirty-three. Please. Okay, here we go. Um, it says here, I have told you these things so you won't abandon your faith. For you will be expelled from the synagogues and the time is coming when those who kill you will think they're doing a holy service for God. 
This is because they've never known the Father or me. Yes, I'm telling you these things now so that when they happen, you will remember my warning. I didn't tell you earlier because I was going to be with you for a while longer. But now I'm going away to the one who sent me and not one of you is asking where I'm going. Instead, you grieve because of what I told you. But in fact, it's best for you that I go away because if I don't, the advocate won't come. If I do, if I do go away, then I will send him to you. And when he comes, he will convict the world of its sin and of God's righteousness and of the coming judgment. The world's sin is that it refuses to believe in me. Righteousness is available because I go to the Father and you will see me no more. Judgment will come because the ruler of the, this world has already been judged. There's so much more I want to tell you. But you can't bear it now. When the Spirit of Truth comes, He will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on His own, but will tell you what He has heard. He will tell you about the future. He will bring me glory by telling you whatever He receives from me. All that belongs to the Father's mind, that is why I said the Spirit will tell you whatever He receives from me. In a little while, you won't see me anymore, but in a little while after that you will see me again some of the disciples asked each other what does he mean when he says in a little while you won't see me but then you will see me and I'm going to the father what does he mean by a little while we don't understand Jesus realized that they wanted to ask him about it so he said are you asking yourselves what I meant I said in a little while you won't see me but a little while after that you will see me again I tell you the truth, you will weep and mourn over what is going to happen to me, but the world will rejoice. You will grieve, but your grief will suddenly turn into wonderful joy. It will be like a woman suffering the pains of labor. When her child is born, her anguish gives way to joy because she's brought a new baby into the world. So you have sorrow now, but I will see you again then you will rejoice, and no one can rob you of that joy. Amen. At that time, you won't need to ask me for anything. I tell you the truth. You will ask the Father directly, and he will grant your request because you use my name. I haven't done this before. Ask using anything in my name, and you will receive, and you will have abundant joy. I've spoken of these matters in figures of speech, but soon I will stop speaking figuratively and will tell you plainly all about the Father. Then you will ask in my name. I'm not saying I will ask the Father on your behalf, for the Father himself loves you dearly because you love me and believe, believe I came from God. Yes, I came from the Father into the world, and now I will leave the world and return to the Father. Then his disciples said, At last you're speaking plainly and not figuratively. Now we understand that you know everything. There's no need to question you. From this we believe that you came from God. Jesus asked, Do you finally believe? But the time is coming, indeed, it's here now, when you will be scattered. Each one of you going his own way, leaving me alone. I am, yet I'm not alone because the Father is with me. 
I have told you all this so that you may have peace in me. Here on earth you will have many trials and sorrows, but take heart because I have overcome the world. Amen. Amen. All right, it's interesting right here uh, uh, in the beginning, you know, our, our main, when, you, when we drink alcohol, it, it takes away hope, trust, faith, and believing. You know, it's it's amazing how unbelieving we can become. Suspicious, jealous. Um, and I like where it says right here in John uh, 9, 8, and when he comes, he will convict the world of his sin, uh-huh. and of God's righteousness, uh-huh. and of the coming judgment, 8, now 9. Mm-hmm. Then it explains what he's talking about. The world's sin is that it refuses to believe in me. Amen. See, we already have a believer intact, and if, if we're believing in Father God, it's easier to make the transition. Amen. But number 10, righteousness is available because I go to the Father and you will see. See, this is the key to riches right here. Mm-hmm. Righteousness is available because I, go to, I go to the Father. In other words, he's going to go to the cross. You're going to be, a clean bill is available to you, a clean ticket to go into heaven and to live, uh, you know, a sinless life, no guilt, uh, and benefits. And then judgment will come because the ruler of this world has already been judged. So that's verse 11. And in other words, if you don't get under his canopy, you're going to be stuck in canopy 11 with judgment. You'll be judged because you'll be right along with the rule of this world that has already been pronounced judgment. So you're under the curse. When I don't believe, and that you, we talk to people, you know, the judgment is already under there. Um, the other thing is, is about the Holy Spirit. Uh, that the Holy Spirit would be our advocate. Mm-hmm. He, will, he will speak for us. And and actually, I was reading down here, and it says that the Holy Spirit is more like like a, 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 a senior lawyer giving us, a junior lawyer giving us instruction on how to speak in court. You know, he's, he's giving us, he's encouraging us, he's strengthening us, and he's, you know, he's uh, coaching us and how to how to say it. so that's why we have to we have to talk to him and ask him Holy right. Spirit what do you think about this situation right. we need Holy to give Spirit, him more honor I need I need your counsel Involve him. Holy Spirit hmm. thank you for walking with me and talking with me and guiding me today I honor you and you know worship the Holy Spirit you know um, he said what I received from the Father then I will tell you so to I was picturing, here's God, here's the Father, the Father relays the information to Jesus, and then Jesus passes it on to the Holy Spirit. Amen. And then then we... And that that kind of, there's a scripture that says that, you know, when you groan, that's a prayer. Like, you you can't even pray. Yeah, right. And so the Holy Spirit picks that up and prays it up for you. Thing you're not able to do. What's going on with this one person? Yeah. Uh huh. So it's a that's amazing. Yeah. It's so, an intimate so one-on-one advocate. In tongues. Yes. Praying in tongues. 
that that too, but the the scripture says, you know, but it says uh, that the are groanings that cannot be uttered. That, that's not yeah, that's that's a group. But I've also heard Pastor Prince teach us that he said even a sigh, Father, or just Amen. you know, even the groaning, you you can't get it out. You know, well, the Holy saying. Spirit is constantly Spirit. sending messages yeah. in the, in our state. I guess if we're sad, yeah, or if we're you know, or we're unbelieving, you know, it's he like needs a, a prayer. But like, we're believing. It's like our well, advocate. We, we qualify and we have faith. I mean, for, if for you're more. if you're a believer, you have the Holy Spirit. He's your advocate. He's your personal advocate to help you. And we need to give him more honor. And you know that's something I need to work on. Amen. Um, Beautiful. Did you have another point after before I jumped in on that? Uh, well, yeah. Uh, uh, Twenty-three. It says, uh, at that time, you won't need to ask me for anything. I tell you the truth. You will ask the Father directly, and He will grant you. And I like the word grant. Grant, you don't have to pay it back. It's a right. grant from mm, heaven. Amen. Uh, your request, because you use my name. And then you haven't done this before. Ask using my name, and you will receive, and you will have abundant joy. Uh, Smith Wigglesworth gives a great illustration about this. He said his his son was sick and he had to go to the doc- he had to go to work at that time. He hasn't gone in his ministry of praying for people. Mm. And he said he was a plumber, and he his joy was so abundant when he was working with uh, fixing some lady's uh, sink. The lady asked him, "I said, why are you so joyful?" He goes, "Because I asked the father to heal my son. He grant me." The request before I left, mm-hmm. you know, and that's why he had abundant joy. But um, we ask in Jesus' name, and the Father grants us. And Amen. In another place, we we ask Jesus to heal, mm-hmm. and Jesus works through us uh-huh. to heal others directly through His Word. We say, so uh, the Father grants us uh, the opportunity to work with, along with Jesus. So there's two two different prayers, you know, one where Jesus uh, through you speaks to the, the disease, uh-huh. and then the other one where you ask the Father God that He will grant you, uh, you know, a coffee maker or a, a new car for your ministry, uh-huh. you know, for for His glory, uh, a proper bed, He grants it to you. So Amen. We thank God for abundant joy. Amen. That's Amen. awesome. Good point. Um, he'll grant it. Give it to you. You know, our part is to believe when we petition or put the request in that we receive it and it's done and it's going to answer us. Even yeah. if it takes a year or two or three. But it's it's we have to not doubt but believe we receive it. And don't and declare correctly. You know, don't don't speak any unbelief or doubt for your petition. Just stand on the on the fact Amen. that this word says here that if we ask anything in the in the name of Jesus, um, in because you use my name, you'll receive and have abundant joy. That the Father will grant you the request because of Jesus. Amen. Um, one thing. It's kind of the very, be- you know, I love the very beginning. Um, Jesus sets the stage 
for everything he's about to tell them. There's so much to tell the disciples and uh, before he leaves. Um, but he says, I've told you these things so that you won't abandon your faith. And he tells you, this is going to happen, this is going to happen. I won't be here for a little while, then I will be. You know, I'm going to the Father. I mean, he, you, you know, you're going to be expelled from the synagogue. You're going to be scattered. He tells them ahead of time. They know this information ahead of time. So they won't abandon their faith. When these situations and trials come up, you know, he wanted them to hang on to their faith, knowing that the end result was going to be abundant joy. Abundant joy. And at the end where it says, um, I have told you all this so that you may have peace. And get this, it says, in me. Peace in me. Here on earth you, you will have many trials and sorrows, but take heart because I've overcome. The world. The world. So he's pretty much spells out, here's what's going to take place. Here's the chain of events that are going to happen. You're going to mourn for me. You're going to weep. But take heart because I've overcome. But he, but because it, you have peace in me. Yes. In yes. Me. Not peace in anything else but Jesus right here. I okay. have overcome. I have the righteousness of God. Amen. I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Very good. Amen. But I like, but That's see. That's a very good point. He starts it from the beginning. Yeah. He starts it in the beginning. I, I'm telling you these things so you won't abandon your faith. Mm. So I could, you know, just picture Jesus is in the room and he's talking to us and he's saying, Fernando, Anna, you guys are going to have, uh, there's going to be a time where you're going to, you know, um, you're going to go through something. But you're going to have joy if you put your peace in me. Because I've overcome this problem you're going to face. Amen. So he tells you straight to your face. You know, do not be troubled. Don't take. Yeah, I've overcome. overcome the world. Yeah, and 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 so he's telling us so we won't abandon our faith. Amen. Because he's telling us straight. This is like a straight up conversation. Amen. He wants me. He wants us to keep our faith and peace in him. Because he's know, overcome. One of the, the, the things is, is uh, I love the Book of John. This always getting. That was very good. I like yeah. that. I like the way you put it in there. Yeah. Uh, he um, is, you know, not a pessimistic attitude or uh, condescending mm -hmm. or jeering and, and any kind of that facetious, um, complaining, doubting, which is worse. You know, you have the faith believing, faith believing. Yes. Mm. But he's given us his down payment, the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit love aches us to believe, to mm -hmm. believe. So, you know, we want to know how the full measure of faith, full measure of believing. How do we do the works of God to, to believe in the name mm -hmm. of the Son, you know? And faith comes by hearing, hearing. and hearing, but reading the Word of God, exactly what we're doing. Mm hmm and I and I this was a couple of days ago that we were listening to a teaching um, that Pastor Prince was teaching. I think it's one of his older teachings, but he was saying that when you look in the in the Greek, uh -huh. when you your faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God, 
in there it says in the Greek one of the words is Christo so faith comes by hearing and hearing about Jesus Christo, Christo. yeah amen okay let's uh would you like to read the Psalms? Or you want me to read them? Go ahead and read it. Ask God for eyes to see the twisted values of the world to the sense of obeying His commands. Having sense to obey His commands. Amen. Psalms 119, 65 to 80. You have done many good things for me, Lord. Just as you promised. I believe in your commands. Now teach me good judgment and knowledge. I used to wander off until you did dis discipline me. But now I closely follow your word. You are good and do only good. Teach me your decrees. Arrogant people smear me with lies. But in truth I obey your commandments with all my heart. Their hearts are dull and stupid, but I delight in your instructions. My suffering was good for me, for I taught, it taught me to pay attention to your decrees. Your instructions are more valuable to me than millions of gold and silver. You made me, you created me, and I give me the sense to follow your commands. May all who fear you find a cause for joy. May all who fear you find in me a cause for joy. For I have put my hope in your word. I know, O Lord, that your relations are fair. You disciplined me because I needed it. Now let your unfailing love comfort me. Just as you promised me, your servant, surround me with your tender mercies so that I may live. For your instructions are my delight. Bring disgrace upon the arrogant people who lie about me. Meanwhile, I will concentrate on your commandments. Let me be united with all those who fear you, with those who know your laws. May I be blameless in keeping your decrees. Then I will never be ashamed. Amen. Proverbs 16, 4-5. The Lord has made everything for his own purpose, even the wicked for the day of disaster. The Lord detests the proud. They will surely be punished. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Today is the 27th. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the reading of your word, Lord God, that we may have access, Lord, to heaven's benefits, Lord. Thank you for the finished work of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. We are redeemed, we are blessed, and we are God's favored. Today we receive the blessings of God because we follow through, Lord. We don't slink back. Hallelujah. We go forward in Christ Jesus. Amen. Okay, reading today, Proverbs the 27th. Start the day off. I'm reading you from the New Living Translation, which is a pretty cool translation. It kind of already breaks down the, the Greek and Hebrew for us. Here we go. Chapter 27. Don't brag about tomorrow since you don't know what the day will bring. Don't praise yourself. Let others do it. A stone is heavy and sand is weighed, but the resentment caused by a fool is heavier than both. Anger is cruel and wrath is like a flood, but who can survive the destructiveness of jealousy? An open rebuke is better than hidden love. 
Wounds from a friend are better than many kisses from an enemy. Honey seems tasteless to a person who is full, but even bitter food tastes sweet to the hungry. A person who strays from home is like a bird that strays from its nest. The heartfelt counsel of a friend is as sweet as perfume and incense. Never abandon a friend, either yours or your father's. Then in your time of need, you won't have to ask your relatives for assistance. It is better to go to a neighbor than to a relative who lives far away. <clears throat> My child, how happy I will be if you will turn out to be wise. Then I will be able to answer my critics. A prudent person foresees the danger ahead and takes precautions. The simpleton goes blindly on and suffers the consequences. Be sure to get collateral from anyone who guarantees the debt of a stranger. Get a deposit if someone guarantees the debt of an adulterous woman. If you should... If you shout a pleasant greeting to your neighbor too early in the morning, it will be count as a curse. A nagging wife is as annoying as the constant dripping of a rainy day. Trying to stop her complaining is like trying to stop the wind or hold something with grease hands. As iron sharpens iron, a friend sharpens a friend. Workers who tend a fig tree are allowed to eat its fruit. In the same way, workers who protect their employer's interests will be rewarded. As a face reflected in water, so the heart reflects the person. Just as death and destruction are never satisfied, so human desires is never satisfied. Fire tests the purity of silver and gold, but a person is tested by being praised. You cannot separate fools from their foolishness, even though you grind them like grain with mortar and pestle. Know the state of your flocks and put your heart into caring for your herds. For riches don't last forever, and the crown might not be secure for the next generation. After the hay is harvested, the new crop appears, and the mountain grasses are gathered in. Your sheep will provide wool for clothing, and your goats will be sold for the price of a field. And you will have enough goats, milk for you, your family, and your servants. Amen. Now we go to Psalm 27. One of my favorite psalms in this beautiful Word of God. Hallelujah. Speaks about salvation. Here we go. Psalm 27. A Psalm of David The Lord is my light and my salvation, so why should I be afraid? The Lord protects me from danger, so why should I tremble? When evil come to destroy me, when my enemies and foes attack me, they will stumble and fall. Though a mighty army surrounds me, my heart will know no fear. Even if they attack me, I remain confident. The one thing I ask of the Lord, the thing I seek most, is to live in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, delighting in the Lord's perfection and meditating in His temple. For He will conceal me there when trouble comes. He will hide me in His sanctuary. He will place me out of reach on a high rock. Then I will hold my head high above my enemies who surround me. At His tabernacle I will offer sacrifices with shouts of joy, 
singing and praising to the Lord with music. Listen to my pleading, O Lord. Be merciful and answer me. My heart has heard you say, Come and talk with me. And my heart responds, Lord, I am coming. Do not hide yourself from me. Do not reject your servant in anger. You have always been my helper. Don't leave me now. Don't abandon me, O God of my salvation. Even if my father and my mother abandon me, the Lord will hold me close. Teach me how to live, O Lord. Lead me along the paths of honesty, for my enemies are waiting for me to fall. Do not let me fall into their hands, for they accuse me of things I never done, and I breathe out violence against me. Yet I am confident that I will see the Lord's goodness while I'm here in the land of the living. Wait patiently for the Lord. Be brave and courageous. Yes, wait patiently for the Lord. Now we go to Psalm 57. Amen. That requires an amen. Psalm 57 says, Have mercy on me, O God. Have mercy. I look for you for protection. I will hide beneath the shadow of your wings until the violent storm is past. I cried out to God, Most High, to God who fulfills his purpose for me. He will send help from heaven to save me, rescuing me from those who are out to get me. My God will send forth his unfailing love and faithfulness. I am surrounded by fierce lions who greedily devour human prey, whose teeth spear like spears and arrows, and whose tongues cut like swords. Be exalted, O God, above the highest heaven. May your glory shine over all the earth. My enemies have set a trap for me. I am weary from distress. They have dug a pit in my path, and they themselves have fallen into it. My heart is confident in you, O God. No wonder I can sing your praises. Wake up, my soul. Wake up, O heart and lyre. I will awaken the dawn with my song. I will thank you, Lord, in front of all the people. I will sing your praises among the nations. For your unfailing love is as high as the heavens. Your faithfulness reaches to the clouds. Be exalted, O God, above the highest heavens. May your glory shine over all the earth. Amen. Hallelujah. Okay, Psalm 87. On the holy mountain stands the city founded by the Lord. He loves the city of Jerusalem more than any other city in Israel. O city of God, what glorious things are said of you. I will record Egypt and Babylon among those who know me. Also Philistia and Tyre and even distant Ethiopia. They all have become citizens of Jerusalem. And it will be said of Jerusalem, everyone has become a citizen here. And the Most High will personally bless this city. When the Lord registers the nations, He will say, This one has become a citizen of Jerusalem. At all the festivals, the people will sing. At the festivals, the people will sing. The source of my life is in Jerusalem. Okay, now we go to Psalm 117. 117. And... Getting closer to the end here. It says, Praise the Lord, all you nations. Praise Him, all you people of the earth. 
For he loves us with unfailing love. His faithfulness to of the Lord endures forever. Praise the Lord. For he loves us with unfailing love. The faithfulness of the Lord endures forever. Praise the Lord. Psalm 117. Okay, now I go to Psalm 147. <coughs> 147. It says, Praise the Lord. How good it is to sing praises to our God. How delightful and how right. The Lord is rebuilding Jerusalem and bringing the exiles back to Israel. He heals the brokenhearted, binding up their wounds. He counts the stars and calls them all by name. How great is our Lord. His power is absolute. His understanding is beyond comprehension. The Lord supports the humble, but he brings the wicked down into the dust. Sing out your thanks to the Lord. Sing praises to our God, accompanied by harps. He covers the heavens with clouds, provides rain for the earth, and makes the green grass grow in mountain pastures. He feeds the wild animals, and the young ravens cry to him for food. The strength of a horse does not impress him. How puny in his sight is the strength of a man. Rather, the Lord delights in is in those who honor him, those who put their hope in their unfailing love. Praise the Lord, O Jerusalem. Praise your God, O Zion, for he has fortified the bars of your gate and blessed your children within you. He sends peace across your nation and satisfies you with plenty of the finest wheat. He sends his orders to the world, how swiftly his word flies. He sends the snow like white wool. He scatters the frost upon the ground like ashes. He hurls the hail like stones. Who can stand against his freezing cold? Then at his command it all melts. He sends his winds and the ice thaws. He has revealed his word to Jacob, his principles and laws to Israel. He has not done this with any other nation. <clears throat> they do not know his laws. Praise the Lord. Okay. Now we go for the reading of our 365-day Bible. And today is the 27th. And we're in Judges chapter 7. Verse 1 through chapter 8, 17. So Jeroboam, that is Gideon, and his army got up early and went as far as the spring of Harod. The armies of Midian were camped north of them in the valley near the hill of Moreh. The Lord said to Gideon, You have too many warriors with you. If I let all you fight the Midianites, the Israelites will boast to me that they saved themselves by their own strength. Therefore, tell the people, whoever is timid or afraid may leave this mountain and go home. So 22,000 of them went home, leaving only 10,000 who were willing to fight. But the Lord told Gideon, there's still too many. Bring them down to the spring, and I will test them to determine who will go with you and who will not. When Gideon took his warriors down to the water, the Lord told him, Divide the men into two groups. In one group put all those who cup water in their hand and lap it up with their tongues like dogs. In the other group put all those who kneel down and drink with their mouth in the stream. 
Only 300 of the men drank from their hands. All the others got down on their knees and drank with their mouths in the streams. The Lord told Gideon, with, with, with these 300 men, I will rescue you and give you victory over the Midianites. Send all the others home. So Gideon collected the provisions and ram's horns of the other warriors and sent them home. But he kept the 300 men with him. The Midianite camp was in the valley just below Gideon. That night the Lord said, Get up, go down into the Midian camp, for I have given you victory over them. But if you are afraid to attack, go down to the camp with your servant Pura and listen to what the Midianites are saying. And you will be greatly encouraged. Then you will be eager to attack. So Gideon and Pura went down to the edge of the enemy camp and the armies of Midian, Amalek, and the people of the east had settled in the valley like a swarm of locusts. Their camels were like grains of sand on the seashore, too many to count. Gideon crept up just as a man was telling his companion about a dream. <clears throat> the man said, I had this dream, and in my dream a loaf of barley bread came tumbling down into the Midianite camp. It hit a tent, turned it over, and knocked it flat. His companion answered, Your dream can only mean one thing. God has given Gideon, son of Joash, the Israelite, victory over Midian and all his allies. <clears throat> when Gideon heard the dream and its interpretation, he bowed in worship before the Lord. Then he returned to the Israelite camp and shouted, Get up! Get up! For the Lord has given you victory over the Midianite hordes. He divided the 300 men into three groups and gave each one a ram's horn and a clay jar with a torch in it. <clears throat> then he said to them, Keep your eyes on me. When I come to the edge of the camp, do just as I do. As soon as I and those with me blow the ram's horns, blow your horns too, all around the entire camp, <clears throat> and shout, for the Lord and for Gideon. It was just after midnight, after the changing of the guard, when Gideon and the 100 men with him reached the edge of the Midianite camp. Suddenly they blew the ram's horns and broke their clay jars. Then all three groups blew their horns and broke their jars. They held the blazing torches in their left hands and the horns in their right hands, and they all shouted, a sword for the Lord and for Gideon. Each man stood at his position around the camp and watched as all the Midians rushed around in panic, shouting as they ran to escape. With the 300 Israelites, when the 300 Israelites blew their ram's horns, the Lord caused the warriors in the camp to fight against each other with their swords. Those who were not killed fled to places as far away as Bet Shittah, near Sarah, and to the border of Abel Meholah, near Tabat. Then Gideon sent for the warriors of Naphtali, Asher, and Manesh, who joined in chasing the army of Midian. Gideon also sent messengers to Atal, the hill country of Ephraim, saying, Come down to attack the Midianites. Cut them off at the shallow crossing of the Jordan River at Bet Barah. So all the men of Ephraim did as they were told. They captured Oreb and Zeb, the two Midianites commanders, killing Oreb at the rock of Oreb and Zeb at the winepress of Zeb. 
and they continued to chase the Midianites afterwards, the Israelites brought the heads of Oreb and Zib to Gideon, who was by the Jordan River. When the people of Ephraim asked Gideon, Why you have treated us this way? Why didn't you send us, send for us when you first went out to fight the Midianites? And they argued heatedly with Gideon. But Gideon replied, What have I accomplished compared to you? Aren't you, aren't even the left over grapes of Ephraim's harvest better than the entire crop of my little clan of Abizar? God gave you victory over Oreb and Zeph, the commanders of the Midianite army. What have I accomplished to compare with to that? When the men of Ibrahim heard Gibeon's answer, the anger subsided. Gideon then crossed the Jordan River with his 300 men, and though exhausted, they continued to chase the enemy. When they reached Sukkot, Gideon asked the leaders of the town, Please give me my warriors some food. They are very tired. I am chasing Ziba and Salmuna, the kings of Midian. But the official of Sukkot replied, Catch Ziba and Salmuna first, and then we will feed your army. So Gideon said, After the Lord gives me victory over Ziba and Salmuna, I will return and tear your flesh with the thorns and briars from the wilderness. <laughs> from there Gideon went up to Peniel and again asked for food, but he got the same answer. So he said to the people of Peniel, After I return in victory, I will tear down this tower. By the time Ziba and Samuna were in Karkor with 15,000 warriors, all that remained of the Allied army of the east, for 120,000 had already been killed, Gideon circled around by the caravan route east of Noba and Jogbiha, taking the Median army by surprise. Ziba and Samuna, the two Medianite kings, fled, but Gideon chased them down and captured all their warriors. <laughs> After this, Gideon returned from the battle by way of Hidas Pass. There he captured a young man from Sukkot and demanded that he write down the names of the 77 officials and elders in the town. Gideon then returned to Sukkot and said to the leaders, Here are Ziba and Salmuna. When we were here before you, taunted me, saying, Catch Ziba and Salmuna first and then we will feed your exhausted army. Then Gideon took the elders of the town and taught them a lesson, punished them with thorns and briars from the wilderness. He also tore down the tower of Peniel and killed all the men in the town. Luke chapter 23, verses 13 to 43. Then Pilate called together the leading priests and other religious leaders along with the people, and he announced his verdict. You brought this man to me, accusing him of leading a revolt. I have examined him thoroughly on this point in your presence and find him innocent. Herod came to the same conclusion and sent him back to us. Nothing this man has done calls for death penalty. So I will have him flogged and then I will release him. Then a mighty roar rose from the crowd with one voice. They shouted, kill him and release Barabbas to us. Barabbas was in prison for taking part in the insurrection of Jerusalem against the government and for murder. Pilate argued with them because he wanted to release Jesus, but they kept shouting, Crucify him! Crucify him! For the third time he demanded, Why? What crime has he committed? I have found no reason to sentence him to death, so I will have him flogged 
and then I will release him. But the mob shouted louder and louder, demanding that Jesus be crucified, and their voices prevailed. So Pilate sentenced Jesus to die as they demanded. As they had requested, he released Barabbas, the man in prison, for insurrection and murder, but he turned Jesus over to them to do as they wished. As they laid Jesus away, a man named Simon, 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 who was from Cyrene, happened to be coming in from the countryside. The soldiers seized him and put the cross on him and made him carry it behind Jesus. A large crowd trailed behind, including many grief-stricken women. But Jesus turned and said to them, Daughters of Jerusalem, don't weep for me, but weep for yourself and for your children. For the days are coming when they will say, Fortunate indeed are the women who are childish, the wombs that have not borne a child, and the breasts that have never nursed. People will beg the mountains fall on us and plead with the hills bury us. For if these things are done when the tree is green, what will happen when it is dry? Two other, both criminals, were led out to be executed with him. When they came to a place called the skull, they nailed him to the cross, and the criminals were also crucified, one on his right and one on his left. Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they are doing. And the soldiers gambled for his clothes by throwing dice. The crowd watched, and the leader scoffed. He saved others, they said. Let him save himself, if he really is the son God's Messiah, the Chosen One. The soldiers mocked him, too, by offering him a drink of sour wine. They called out to him, If you are the king of the Jews, save yourself. A sign was fastened above him with these words, This is the king of the Jews. One of the criminals hanging beside him scoffed, So you're the Messiah, are you? Prove it by saving yourself and us too while you're at it. But the other criminal protested, Don't you fear God even when you have been sentenced to die? We deserve to die for our crimes, but this man hasn't done anything wrong. Then he said, Jesus Remember me when you come into your kingdom. And Jesus replied, I assure you, today you will be with me in paradise. Praying the Psalms. Rejoice in God for devastating evil with his justice and for announcing his victory where darkness reigns. Rejoice in God for devastating evil with his justice and for announcing his victory where darkness reigns. Psalms 97 verse 1 to 98 verse 9. The Lord is king, let the earth rejoice. Let the farthest coastland be glad. Dark clouds surround him. Righteousness and justice are the foundation of his throne. Fire spreads ahead of him and burns up all his foes. His lightning flashes out across the world. The earth sees and trembles. The mountains melt like wax before the Lord, before the Lord of all the earth. The heavens proclaim his righteousness. Every nation sees his glory. Those who worship idols are disgraced. All who brag about their worthless gods, for every god must bow to him. Jerusalem has heard and rejoiced. 
and all the towns of Judah are glad because of your justice, O Lord. For you, O Lord, are supreme over all the earth. You are exalted far above all gods. You who love the Lord hate evil. He protects the lives of his godly people. He rescues them from the power of the wicked. Light shines on the godly and joy on those whose hearts are right. May all who are godly rejoice in the Lord and praise his holy name. Sing a new song to the Lord, for he has done wonderful deeds. His right hand has won a mighty victory. His holy arm has shown his saving power. The Lord has announced his victory and has revealed his righteousness to every nation. He has remembered his promise to love and to be faithful to Israel. The ends of the earth have seen the victory of our God. Shout to the Lord, all the earth. Break out in praise and sing for joy. Sing your praise to the Lord with the heart, with the harp and melodious song, with trumpets and the sound of the ram's horn. Make a joyful symphony before the Lord the King. Let the sea and everything in it shout his praise. Let the earth and all living things join in. Let the rivers clap their hands in glee. Let the hills sing out their songs of joy before the Lord. For the Lord is coming to judge the earth. He would judge the world with justice and the nations with fairness. Stay away from idols. This is Proverbs 14, 7 and 8. Stay away from fools, for you will find knowledge on their lips. The prudent understand where they are going, for fools deceive themselves. Amen.